Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Seton, what if I told you there's a bacon, then there's number one thick cut, tastes like a touchdown in your mouth bacon. You must be talking about Wright brand bacon because mm-hmm. they are not playing when it comes to the premium quality of their bacon. It's thick cut, hand trimmed, and real Wood smoke, real. And you can tell. So why settle for average bacon when you can have the real stuff? That's right. And if you're looking to upgrade any meal, any meal, try Right Brand Bacon. That's called Right Brand Bacon. You won't regret it. Experience bacon the right way. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League, included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Yes, it's a Tuesday. It's hour one, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. A snow day here in Connecticut, except for us. Through rain or snow or sleet. Seton, what's the motto of a postman? Uh, Oh, hail in there, too. throw, Throw hail in there. How long were you a postman? Uh, I don't know if I made it two years. Okay. Maybe I put in a decent shift, though. Who's had more interesting jobs, you or Paulie? Hmm. Who's had more jobs? Oh, different. Yeah. But Seton, you were, uh, you worked uh, as a a baggage handler at the airport? I did, yeah, yeah. I worked out, like, on the runway for, uh, you know, doing, like, the cones and throwing bags and stuff like that. But but did. were you, did you have the flashlights? Yeah, were you, yeah, yeah. You're, you're landing us? You're waving us oh, in? Oh, yeah, I'm bringing you right in. <laughs> bringing you right in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did all that. You uh, know, I never really noticed the person who was bringing us into the uh, the gate. How's it make you feel knowing it was somebody yeah, like me? Yeah, I know. That's the thing. Wow. I'm going, I got to start looking at A much these younger things. me, too. Like, a me at, like, 22 or 20. So, like, that's not the me you wanted doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Hung over, you know, bringing the plane into the gate. Yes, Todd. All of a sudden, he's got an itch, and the next thing you know, it's crashing right into the gate because he's moving and scratching his face with the thing. Thank you, Todd. Right, clear your throat. Uh, yes, uh, Pauline. That seems like a somewhat serious job, waving in planes. I thought he just did baggage, which seems... I, wouldn't you have to have some type of training to wave in huge jets? Well, just, I mean, it's not like you're not waving them out of the air. All no, you're really doing no. is getting them to, like, stop at a certain point on the runway. It's really not all that complicated. Come right. on, don't be so modest. Okay, fine, yes, all right? I'm a rocket scientist, Gosh. Okay, but yeah. are you trained on how to use the uh, the orange flashlights or whatever yeah, they are? Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it really doesn't take that. It's not. It's really not all that complicated. Is it more for show? No, no, no. I mean, it's got okay. a real. It's got a real like reason behind it. And if you mess it up, it's it's not looked upon kindly. But it's really not that complicated. Well, how do you screw it up? Uh, like if you have them stop before the certain spot, then it's a big problem. If you have them stop after the spot, it's, a, it's an even bigger problem. You kind of got to guide them in so they don't smash their wings on things. It's, you know, it's teamwork. Uh, yes, Todd. So you're asking, would the pilot ultimately know where to stop? Worst case scenario, if that person didn't show up or wasn't paying attention, the pilot would somehow figure out how to stop, I would think, without crashing into something. You just put the brakes on this segment. <laughs> Twice. Yeah. Land the plane, Todd. Someone wave you off. Land the plane. <laughs> I got to do, I got to get me some of those, the, the red, yellow things or whatever, <laughs> the orange things. That's all right. We're three minutes in. Yeah. So today will get better. Yeah, it will. Keep your head up. <laughs> so what, what they really do just to, just to land the plane on this segment. <laughs> uh, there's like an X on the ground. Yeah. And you're trying to get that front wheel to hit the X, so a pilot would have absolutely no idea. They would have a rough idea of where to stop, but you have to get it right on that X so that when they hook the the thing up, you know what I mean, <laughs> people can get off the plane, but it has to line up exactly, so that's what's happening. The, the, the jetway gets hooked up. Yeah, the jetway up. Yeah. has to get hooked <laughs> up you, to the door. When, when you're going, hey, you got to hook that thing up to the thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. the thing, the jetway that you walk off of. All righty. Stat of the day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of this program. Make sure you sign up for the Dan Patrick Show newsletter, and it doesn't cost anything. Go to danpatrick.com, put your email address in there, slides out, bottom right corner. 
The uh, backroom guys do a wonderful job with the newsletter. They send out a recap of the show, and you might get a heads up on when the next batch of tailgate moonshine is coming out. This program brought to you by the great folks at Dollar Shave Club. Get a top-shelf shave at a regular shelf price. Dollar Shave Club, available at a store near you in the men's razor aisle. All right, got a uh, poll question today. Got a play of the day coming up. We got Dave Roberts, the Dodger manager, a little later on. Jalen Rose, mothership NBA analyst, will join us. LeBron out with a foot injury. Although I did see the headline, and this isn't the way you write a headline because this has emotion in it. LeBron James feared out for several weeks with foot injury. Well, who fears that? Is it a quote from somebody? Because you don't say LeBron James feared out, just LeBron James out with a foot injury, and then it could be a couple of weeks that he's out. But feared, uh, you know, Lonzo Ball, and uh, or LaMelo Ball, he uh, broke his ankle last night. I didn't see a headline, feared lost for the season or feared it could be uh, could impact next season. There, there was no fear attached to uh, LaMelo Ball's injury. Yes, uh, Paul. The, the Mellow Ball injury uh, headline was much less emotional. Was, Hornet star ball suffers fracture in right ankle. Yeah. Standard procedure. Yeah. Feared out for the year. But you can't use the word feared. Network's fear, LeBron out for season. Yes. That's how it should be written. Yeah. ESPN fears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they didn't Skip, have room for networks. Yeah. Skip Bayless fears LeBron out for, oh, uh, for two weeks. Oh, could you imagine? But then it would be the Lakers without LeBron and when's he coming back and then the stretch run and do they uh, have enough wins? Are they going to be playing? How dangerous are they? You know, all those things. That's how it works. Yes, Marv. If the Lakers win maybe three games in a row, LeBron oh, overrated. Oh, well, <laughs> Michael Jordan's team would never go 3-0 uh, without him. Yeah, The Lakers are getting eight and a half tonight against the Grizzlies with no LeBron James in there. But LaMelo breaks his ankle. The Hawks have a new head coach, Quinn Snyder. So he leaves Salt Lake, leads, leaves the Utah Jazz, now going to Atlanta. The uh, NFL Combine underway, and Derek Carr is meeting with the Jets, Saints, and Panthers. The commander said goodbye to Carson Wentz, the artist formerly known as. You go back to that game against the Rams. He was going to win the MVP. All he had to do is stay healthy. And tried to run it in. Blew out his knee. And now here he is at the age of 30. And I don't think he'll ever be a starter again. Now he might come in for somebody if somebody's injured. But I don't think he's a starting quarterback anymore. And it's not, not all on him. But this is where we start. We give you the credit. You get the blame as well. And you go back to, there's two things that come to mind with Carson Wentz. First of all, I don't know if he loves football. And that may sound strange. I've said this before. I've been around athletes who are really good at what they do. They don't love what they do. Andrew Luck was really good at what he did. I just don't know if he loved doing it anymore. Carson Wentz. We were in Houston at the Super Bowl. You know, and, you know, we have these interactions with players and coaches. And, you know, we're talking uh, off air. We're not talking on camera or on the radio. And Carson Wentz, I was like, you know, hey, congratulations. This is his rookie year. And this is, what, five years ago. And I said, you know, we were talking. I was like, hey, great year. He goes, can't or I'm th you know so glad it's over like I just want to go hunting like he it, it wasn't one of those where he's like man I'm living out my dream I'm 25 I'm a starting quarterback man I learned so much I'm going back in it's like oh thank god this is over and I go I don't know if he loves football it was one of those reactionary in the moment I'm going myself saying to myself I can't imagine saying that but and maybe he was having some fun that it you know it was a grind or all those things. But you know you had a team that traded up to get you. You're playing. You're playing well. And what a wonderful you're living your dream. Oh, so glad it's over. Yeah, see. Yeah, like that's you. You had spent your entire life up until that point working to make this dream come true, and you just spent the last year living out your dream. And your reaction was, "God, thank God that's I know, over." I know. Thank God that's over. Yeah, Marv. 
do you think professional athletes get tired of the business of the sport more than the sport itself? Well, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how you can get tired of the business when you've made over $130 million. He likes that side of, <laughs> of the business, the job. But he, he seemed to just – he lost his confidence. And, you know, he, he lost the locker room in Philadelphia. That was also a part of this as well. And, you know, Jalen Hurts was coming. And the Eagles knew it, and they made him expendable. He ended up trading him. You know, I go back to the report I had from a source. Their teams weren't interested in Carson Wentz. I mean, they, they got, you know, Frank Reich was interested because he was there in Philadelphia. But it wasn't this, we're waiting in line for Carson Wentz. And that was the report that came out, and I refuted that. It was like, my source is telling me, and it was on in great authority. There weren't, there weren't a lot of suitors for Carson Wentz. You know, now you wash out in Indy, you wash out uh, in, uh, in Washington, and now what do you do? Now where do you go? And, and do you want to play? You're only 30. He's got his money. Yeah, Paul. If you go back to 2017, his second year in the league, he was 25. Remember he came in a little older than other guys? He was like yeah. 23 and a half when he was a rookie. He was 11-2 and two as a starter, 33 touchdowns and seven picks. I mean, that's nuts. He was third for MVP. I can find articles from the summer of 2018. If you could start a team with any quarterback 25 yeah. or under, and yeah. it was him and yeah. maybe two other guys, and everyone loved him. Even in Indy a couple years later, he, he threw for 27 touchdowns and seven picks, yeah. and he said he was healthy. It's like, it's like his football ability is just cooled or something because he seems healthy unless there's something we don't know. Those are numbers that are deceiving because I never felt like, boy, that guy's going to lead me to the promised land. And it might not be fair, but, you know, here you have Nick Foles who comes in and has the unbelievable Super Bowl. They had the talent there. But you go back to him running and, and scoring a touchdown and blowing out his knee against the Rams. And after a while, you know, those hits... And, you know, you just get tired of taking them. Sometimes you'll see that guy and, you know, an analyst who's uh, on TV or radio go, man, he hung there in the pocket and took that hit. Well, you don't want to, but sometimes you have to. And there are other times when you'll see guys who just kind of roll up in the fetal position. It's like, ah, I ain't taking this hit. Yeah, Paul. A couple people compared him. If you go back to the draft, when Josh Allen was coming out, they compared him smaller school, you know, blah, 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 run and pass. Josh Allen's second year in the league, and he had a good second year. He had 20 touchdowns and nine picks. Yeah. Carson Wentz went 33-7. and seven. Do you know how many quarterbacks all time have had that, those type of, type of numbers in their first two years? At least 30 touchdowns, fewer than 10 picks. Two, Carson Wentz and Lamar Jackson. In their first two seasons, having mm-hmm. a season with more than 30 touchdowns and fewer than 10 uh, picks. say good morning to those who are watching on Peacock, our streaming partner. Download the app. If you don't have it, you can watch for free. And our radio affiliates, uh, iHeartRadio, Fox Sports Radio, nearly 400 cities around America. Thanks for letting us be part of your day. Seton, the poll question is related to who or what? Carson Wentz, Dan. Oh, okay. We could go with Carson Wentz's dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. Career is over. Career as a starter is over. Feared. It's feared. Yes. <laughs> Carson Wentz's career is feared, feared over. Feared over. Uh, do I think his his career as a starting quarterback is over? I I'm I would imagine he would still want to play football. I guess. I just don't know if you say you know I'm going home at age thirty. And, you know, if I look at what he's made, he's made $130 million, I think. But I, I don't know if he loves playing football or if you love it enough to go through this again and you're going to be a backup quarterback. Yes, he, But as a backup, are you really going through it? I mean, you're kind of in the environment. I, I mean, maybe he's not a guy who loves the environment either. Maybe, you know, he doesn't well, have, like, a lot of friends or something. I don't know. Well... Loving the environment, and you have to embrace that environment as a backup quarterback. Right. And can he do that? Because I'm sure it was really difficult to look at Jalen Hurts and you're the backup quarterback. 
and you're looking at him and you're going, that was my job. I, I'm supposed to be doing that. But don't you have to love the game in order to feel that way? Yes. Yes. I, I think you have to be. This is what worried me about Baker Mayfield. Could he be a backup quarterback and then get that, you know, that second chance again? Because, you know, you're, you have that chip on your shoulder. You can't have a chip on your shoulder as a backup quarterback. Like, you have to be accommodating to the starting quarterback. All of a sudden, you're kind of the caddy, and he's the golfer. And I think, imagine your entire life, you've been treated like a star. And you've been a star. And now, it's like, uh, yeah, you're backup quarterback. Yeah, Mark. Doesn't that happen to every single NFL quarterback, though? Because to get to that level, you have to be a star somewhere yeah. to even get to the NFL. Yeah. So, But I think there's certain quarterbacks who get to that point where, like Ty Detmer. Ty Detmer was unbelievable at BYU. But then he realized he was going to have to be a backup quarterback. Colt McCoy was a big deal at Texas. But you have to embrace that. And, and certain guys can. Certain guys, you know, you're just not. Blaine Gabbert. You know, he was supposed to be a great player coming out of college. Now he's a career backup quarterback. Yeah, Marv. That's why Chase Daniels thrives so yeah. much. Yes. Like, you want me to do what? For how much? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Put the backwards hat on. High fives. That's all you need. Maybe be ready just in case something happens. Yeah. Or look ready. <laughs> That's all. Give him a clipboard. Look ready. Just in case. Get that visor. You're ready to go. Uh, all right. So that's the poll question we have. Carson Wentz. Wow. Very specific. Yeah. Very specific. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, I'm pulling. The weirdest thing about that 2017 season, it's weird to go back and you look at Carson Wentz. He was cruising. He was on his way to like maybe an MVP. No, he was going to win the MVP. Yeah. And he gets hurt, and all of a sudden, Nick Foles comes in, goes 3-0 in the playoffs, six touchdowns, one pick. Nick Foles is going to go down in NFL history. He's going to have to be remembered, beating Brady in a shootout, great Super Bowl, yeah. Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. Carson Wentz's career, if nothing else happens, will be kind of an afterthought. But Nick Foles has to be dealt with. Yeah, because Weirdly. he beat Brady in, uh, you know, in one of those very little defense played Super Bowls. Yes, Marv? Is he the Derrick Rose of the NFL? Mm. Well, Derrick Rose was an MVP. Derrick Rose. Carson Wentz was on his way to win an MVP. Then a knee injury yeah. kind of derailed their careers. Yeah. Well, Derrick Rose still. Derrick Rose must still love basketball because he's still playing. For the Knicks. <laughs> okay. But he's still playing after a couple of really severe injuries. Hmm. Derrick Rose, and I, I never thought today I would be comparing Carson Wentz to Derrick Rose. That old bit. That, yeah. How many shows are going to do uh, that how today? How many more times can we do that? <laughs> All right, let me take a break. We'll get to phone calls coming up once again. Dave Roberts on the uh, new rule changes. We'll talk to the Dodgers skipper a little bit. And Jalen Rose will uh, stop by and loan for the mothership. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. The original light beer, 1975. Miller Lite. Yeah, the original. Yeah, 1975. Perfect companion for uh, us grill masters across the United States. This past weekend, even Mother's Day, I'm treating myself while I'm treating my wife for Mother's Day. Out there cooking, and I've got my Miller Lite, my friend, right there with me. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality. It's You can't debate it. I would try it. I would no, lose. you can't. Taste as great as the barbecue you're making. The beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. It tastes like a beer. Less filling. Only 96 calories. With a Miller Lite in hand, grilling doesn't just taste great. It, it tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells great beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. They bring in Jalen Rose. See what I deal with every day, Jalen? I mean, somehow I, I make magic here, but uh, De La Soul. Uh, did you ever see uh, George Clinton? Did you ever see Parliament? Absolutely. I'm the youngest of four. And just so you know, I was born in 73, and I remember my childhood and just seeing the smoke rise from the basement and going downstairs <laughs> and my brothers had these red and blue police lights and these streamers coming from the ceiling where I was an uninvited guest in my own house. And I started to realize what a lot of those records meant. And one time I took one of those clips with the, um, the, 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 um, the feather on the end, the roach clip kind of exactly. And put it on my pants and, and took it to school one day. And I definitely got in trouble for doing so because I didn't know what it was. So absolutely. Parliament, Africa Bambada, George Clinton, all of those groups were heavily a part of my childhood. What was the smoke that was coming out of the basement? Uh, it just had a different smell than wasn't tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me give you a full... used to call it reefer back in the day yeah. I guess uh, ESPN NBA analyst and uh, the 13th overall pick by the Nuggets yes indeed 1994 1994 uh, Jalen will be part of the Boston Celtics all access tomorrow wall-to-wall coverage of the team followed by the Cavs Celtics at 730 Eastern I've been talking about LeBron's injury he said he stepped on somebody's foot but he didn't. Like, what do you see with that injury? And it's always tricky for any athlete to have a foot injury. Absolutely. It's a recurring thing for him, first and foremost. He dealt with a foot injury already. It looked like his takeoff was a little awkward. When he landed, he didn't want to put any pressure on the injured foot. And he's 38 years of age, Dan. Yeah. He still finished the game. The Lakers had an amazing comeback in a win at Dallas, and I'm pretty sure that pain, that soreness um, continues to permeate. Now, obviously, if he's going to miss X amount of games and X amount of weeks, that's going to doom their playoff potential. But I admire LeBron, how he's performed this year, um, being becoming the NBA's all-time leading scorer, leading that Lakers team that – while they're on the marquee, when you look, put on some binoculars and you look closer at the standings, they're still like 13th. So I applaud him for what he's tried to do for that club all year. I saw where ESPN uh, has draft rankings and Bronny James is a top 10 ranking right now. And I mean, that was quick because I thought he was, <laughs> you know, maybe in the top 30 or 40 in his class. And I don't know, is this a wishful ranking to put Bronny in there as a top 10 pick for the draft? What a, what a one thing about sports is if it's wishful or not, you still have to get out there and play against the best of the best. And I watched him grow as an athlete, as a player, improve his strength, improve his athleticism, improve his jump shot, improve his handle. When he was younger – it almost feels a little, as a former player and obviously doing this job for a living, what line do we draw at covering these young players? So are we going to say top fifth grader, top seventh grader? That feels a little uh, predatory to me. 
But now as he's gotten into high school and become a McDonald's All-American, a legit candidate for uh, for the status that you just acknowledge, it's fair to cover him and cover him righteously. And I think it's well-deserved. Talking to Jalen Rose, you know what I noticed? A lot of times we'll look at a game and there's a big comeback and we'll go, is this about the team that lost the lead or the team that ended up coming back? Lakers against the Mavericks. One thing that stood out is Luca's got to stop complaining about every call, Jalen. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he gets a handful of calls every game, but man, does he whine? It's not just Luca, Dan. It's <laughs> most of the players in the league actually complain after every call. One of the things I learned as a player, just think about this. Each time the whistle is blown, the team that receives the call and their fan base is happy. The, 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 the opposite happens when it goes against you. You've never seen a player say, you know what? That was a weak call. That was a bad call. I don't want to shoot these free throws. <laughs> Well, you know, well, remember that, in high school, I had to raise my hand when I fouled somebody. Like, <laughs> maybe like 24. All right. Even if I didn't think I fouled them, I had to raise my hand up now. They don't do Absolutely. that now. <laughs> no, that's definitely changed in the game. But I'll tell you what, as dominant as Luca has been so very young in his career, the one thing that I saw from the Mavs that I did not like, I don't like to see the best players taking turns to try to get off. I like to see them working together to make each other better. So adding Kyrie shouldn't mean he and Luca play together, but then one has to be out of the game for the other one to really be at their apex. And that played itself out in that game. And that's why they ended up losing. There's a documentary about Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, who I thought had the quickest handle Prior to when he was Chris Jackson at LSU, before he changed no his name, that was quickest handle I'd ever seen. And then you got Kyrie, and Kyrie's probably got the best handle in the history of the sport. Would you say? He's in the conversation. Uh, I always wondered growing up what what it would be like if the Harlem Globetrotters played in the NBA. Like, what if Marcus Haynes or Curly Neal played in the NBA? And two guys that remind me of the two guys I just mentioned are Steph Curry and Kyrie Irving. Hmm. The wizardry they both have with the basketball, the ability to jump off both feet, finish with both hands. And we talk about their great ball handling, but the, the, the beauty to both of their games is how they're able to shoot with range and accuracy. And Steph Curry in particular has taken it to a whole nother level. And to be guys that are considered slight or built based on the players that they're playing against, how they're able to finish at the hoop. So, yes, when you start talking about greatest handles, Kyrie's definitely in the conversation. Isaiah Thomas of my Detroit bad boys definitely has to be in that conversation as well. And, and, and rightfully so, Kyrie deserves that acclaim. Did you go to Pistons games growing up? Well, what had happened was ticket prices. <laughs> uh oh. And, and then they were playing in Pontiac for a while at the Silver Dome, which, if you grew up in Detroit, that you got a better chance to get into Chicago than you do to the Silver Dome, so to speak. And then they moved to Auburn Hills. And so I didn't physically get a chance to go to games when I was young, but I did watch all of the games on a, on a 13 inch television sitting on top of a component set you know about those with the 33 and the 45 and the thimble yeah and so i remember and when sacramento and the clippers just played a game it literally and they like the second highest scoring game in the history of the league it took me back to my childhood because i remember staying up late and watching the highest point score in the history of the game isaiah thomas John Eddie Long, Kelly Trapuca playing at Denver, Alex English, Kiki Vandeway. I was physically watching that game on Channel 62, and the legendary <laughs> George Blaha was calling that game. And so as I started to get older, obviously I had a chance to go to the games, and my father got drafted by the Pistons, but season tickets wasn't in the budget. Did you grow up hating Michael Jordan? Absolutely. 
two places that never cheered for Jordan and celebrated really wearing his shoes. Fortunate enough, I grew up in Detroit, that was one, and played in Indiana, that's two. And this is where rivalries were real. And when the Pistons finally beat the Bulls, I'm sorry, when the, when the Bulls finally beat the – and by the way, Isaiah Thomas is the only human being to have a winning record against Magic, Bird, and Jordan. With that being said, when the Bulls finally beat my bad boys Pistons, there was a moment in sports that people look at it through a couple of different lenses. We walked off the court and didn't shake their hands. You can't tell me I wasn't in that line with them. <laughs> you, you cannot tell me that I wasn't walking off with them. And that was a sense of pride that we had as champions. And our entire city loved and beloved that team to this day. And that was a beautiful rivalry, bad boys versus the Chicago Bulls and MJ. Help me understand this J.J. Redick controversy that he's, he's talking about today's game and if you talk about yesterday's game, you didn't want to hear about physicality. Uh, Dominique Wilkins got into this and said, you know, that J.J. Reddick's <laughs> take was idiotic, I think, here. It was more physical back in the day because you could use the arm bar and I could put my hand on you. Start there. It's got to be more physical, but I don't know why J.J. has a problem with yesterday. I believe if, if you really just look at how the rules have changed, the, the main difference in past basketball and today's basketball is physical intimidation does not exist. Period. It does not exist. And so when you know you can drive to the basket and not have to get peeled up off the floor seven or eight times a game, what does that do? It affects your endurance because falling on the floor for 82 games – six or seven times a game means you can't play 15 to 20 years. That means you may be lucky to play 10 to 15 years. Also, that physical intimidation we talked about, look no further than the Jordan rules. Michael Jordan had to understand that I need to get stronger. I need to improve my jump shot because if I go flying through the air with my tongue hanging out, they're going to knock me to the floor. And this is what I want to say about when people compare the old to the new. Of course, an iPhone is better than a pager. Of course it is. But that doesn't mean that at the time when we were using pagers or flip phones, they didn't mean everything. They meant everything at that time. Yes, technology is better. And yes, the players are more skilled now, Dan can dribble pass and shoot. They specialize. They shoot with better range. But look no further than what's in, in an era position basketball. Look at the four or the power forward. That guy used to actually be powerful. Yes. <laughs> and physical, yeah. right? Yeah. Now that guy is a, a player that's 6'8", 230 pounds, that plays shooting guard or small mm -hmm. forward in high school that's now playing that position. And so that's where the game has changed. The physicality of the game um, doesn't exist from an intimidation standpoint. And also players' skill level is, is at an ultimate maximum that we haven't seen. How badly are you rooting for somebody to score 82 points in a game? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't care, really. Um, and the, and the thing is, rest in peace to the Black Mamba. Like, I grew up in the game, and I respect the game. And when you get a chance to watch greatness, go against greatness, and compete against greatness, you're going to be on the wrong side of it. And respectfully, like I said in the Fab Five doc, when we lost in the Final Four, when we went out after the game, we wasn't waiting in line. The team that beat us was to get into the spot. And I also said that you can't tell me the last three or five NCAA champions. So I'll ask you this. We saw Donovan Mitchell score 71. We saw Dame Lillard score 71. But none of those players are going to be, I guess, uh, as attached to those games as I am to the Kobe game 
respectfully because I'm famous. <laughs> That's really what it is. Jalen is a common name. My mother created a name. That's a common name. And so of course, if and when people think they're trying to clown me, they'll bring that up. But at the same time, I respect the game. I love and miss Kobe Bryant. And newsflash, it ain't 100. <laughs> Wilt got the record. The record is 100, everybody. So when everybody starts talking about who's the greatest scorer and who's the, the record is 100. Do we know who was playing against Will? No. <laughs> uh, nobody was apparently that night. <laughs> uh, I, I love that. I love that. See, I would rather compete. It's like when you have the mercy rule. Like, I don't want a mercy rule. If you if you Maybe. if you put up a number on me, I got to get better. I, it's not Correct. hey you got to help me because my feelings and not that they do this in an NBA game, but as you said to me before, I didn't guard him the whole game. So <laughs> <laughs> they make it seem like you had Kobe the entire game and he put up eighty one on you. Well, one day on get up, they kind of broke down like the stats of what happened in the game. Yeah, and. He actually scored 18 points on me. And the funny thing about an NBA game, that happens to players on a nightly basis. Literally when somebody scores 18 points on them. And so, again, if you're around long enough and you get a chance to compete against greatness, some of the times you're on the wrong side of Brady throwing six or seven touchdowns or – you know, Michael Jordan putting up a, a historic game or Steph Curry making, you know, 10 three-pointers in the game. It, it, it just is going to happen. And it happened to me. It happened to our Raptors. And, 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 and I'm actually glad it was Kobe Bryant because this is the same Kobe Bryant, by the way, that wouldn't be low managing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and so th- th- that should be the guy that has the second highest scoring game in the history of the NBA. So you locked up Kobe is what you're saying. Yeah, I held him under 100. <laughs> no, you, you, he only got 18, <laughs> like less than 25% of his points. There's got to be one of your teammates walking around going, man, I hope they don't break this down. And uh, I, you know, I, I gave up 40 to Kobe. You gave up just 18. Hey, great to talk to you as always, Jalen. Thanks for sharing and uh, good luck with the uh, all access with the Celtics. Yes, sir. Appreciate the love as always. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. This is Steve Covino. And Rich Davis. And together, we are Covino and Rich. Covino and Rich. Thanks, buddy. Uh, That's right. Covino and Rich, Fox Sports Radio's newest hit show. Heard weekdays from 5 to 7 Eastern, 2 to 4 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Every Covino and Rich show is available as a podcast. Just search Covino and Rich wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. I'm such a rocking dude. Show features our unique take on sports, injected with some fun, humor, and relatability. Listen to Covino and Rich five days a week on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Covino and Rich, give me a hell yeah. I'm lo- this is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Searching for a job can be a lonely process. Endless searching, phone calls that go nowhere, nobody's on the other end, applications that vanish. It's time to find a better way to find a job. Express Employment Professionals, the local jobs expert that you can trust. They never charge a fee when they help you with your job search. Go to ExpressPros.com. Find the office nearest to you. Each year, tens of thousands of job seekers find work with the help of Express Employment Professionals. And Express helps you find all kinds of jobs. Manufacturing to logistics, customer service, accounting, and so many more. Getting an interview with Express can be as easy as a phone call. And with just one application, Express Employment Professionals will have you in the running for numerous opportunities in your community. Make your job search easier. Let the professionals help at Express Pros. Express Employment Professionals, it's your one connection for getting a job. Visit ExpressPros.com today, and good luck. Looking at... uh, NBA MVP odds, and it's the Joker by a long shot. Followed by Joel Embiid, Giannis, Jason Tatum, and uh, Luka Dunch. It's uh, the Joker going back to back to back. How many players in the history of the sport have gone back to back to back MVP? Larry Legend do, uh, do that? Correct. And let's see. Would Michael Jordan did not? Because I, that's, that's a classic example of, uh, we can't vote for Jordan again. Let's give it to Carl Malone. And Carl Malone, they had a great year. They, I think, won like 61 games or something. But then when Barkley got it, it, it I, we, we had Jordan fatigue. And now, I voted for him every year. Uh, those six years, seven years, uh, seven years, I think, I voted for Jordan for MVP. Yeah, Paul? Uh, Will Chamberlain had three in a row. Bill Russell had three in a row. Is all NBA. I got Kareem, Abdul- Kareem Abdul-Jabbar yeah. having five in nine years. Okay, but not three in a row. <laughs> no, he, he had. You mix in some Dave Cowens, Bob McAdoo, Bill Walton, Mo Malone, but otherwise Kareem owned. Oh, check that and throw in a Lou Alcindor that I missed. <laughs> so Kareem had six in ten years. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. By the way, <laughs> just before the TV era. By the way. Bill Russell documentary. It's really well done. It's two parts. It's on Netflix. And you get a real good sense of what Bill Russell, the player and the person, went through when he was in Boston. And it is, it's a shame. It's amazing what he was able to do. Imagine being in a town that didn't really want you there. And they would, uh, his, his daughter, they, they would talk about that there were raccoons in the neighborhood because the garbage can always got knocked over. And Bill Russell went out and got a gun. And he said, we didn't have any more raccoons because people were knocking over garbage cans, uh, didn't want him in the house. I think he got the key to a city, a town, but then people didn't want him to live there. But he got the key to this area that he lived in, in the Boston area. But what he stood for, and I mean, that's why when you look at the NBA with stats, and, you know, Keem Olajuwon is as good as anybody at blocking shots. You know, Mark Eaton was great. And there's quite a few, Dikembe Mutombo down through the years. Nobody blocked more shots than Bill Russell did. Because they weren't even keeping those stats. Bill would say, you know, I'd have 15 blocks in a game. And if you watch the highlights, guys would be putting up shots. He'd block it. God put it up again. He'd block it. He could have three blocks on one possession sometimes. But what he endured, his family endured, and what he stood for, and you know, they have a lot of archival footage of him at home as a dad and just assembling that team. Do you realize that the Celtics got Bill Russell? Because uh, the owner of the Celtics said, uh, I think he, all, he owned the Ice Capades. 
And he said to the owner, hopefully I'm getting this right, the Rochester Royals, do not take Bill Russell with your draft pick. And uh, I will send the ice capades up to your, your city, Rochester, like once a year or something. And the Rochester Royals didn't draft Bill Russell. Red Arbach, you know, manipulated that. So Red, if you look at what Red did, he drafted Larry Bird a year early. Nobody knew you could do that. He made the trade, Joe Barry Carroll, to Golden State and got Robert Parrish and then drafted Kevin McHale. And then the trade that got them, Bill Russell, got that draft pick. I mean, amazing. Three, three moves that are legendary. Well, you get, you get Hall of Famers. So you get, uh, you know, Russell, the win, greatest winner of all time. Bird, one of the top 10 players. McHale and Parrish are Hall of Famers. And he got all of those by, you know, making moves, outsmarting everybody. Yeah, Paul. They almost had Len Bias yeah. with that trade. Yeah. They traded in uh, 84, the Celtics traded Gerald Henderson, a nice shooting guard, to Seattle. And that pick turned out to be Len Bias. Yeah. And the Celtics were coming off a season where they won the title. And they would have added Len Bias to be off the bench. And that would have allowed Bird, McHale, and Parrish to do a little less and extend their careers. You also had Reggie Lewis. They were ready for the next wave. And then they lost both Reggie and uh, Len Bias. Yeah, Paul. NBA Films, a couple of researchers went to work a few years ago. This is just a year ago. And tried to look at blocks from the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Now, this is inexact science. But they took games of Bill Russell from the Celtics where they had the entire game on film. Yeah. And during the 100 games that they looked at, he averaged 8.1 blocks per game. And they said that is a very fair sample size, 100 games. They also did the same thing with Wilt Chamberlain, and Wilt averaged 8.8 uh, blocks per yeah. game in the over 100 games that they looked at for Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's sort of like sacks with the NFL that they didn't start keeping until, what, 1982. But with blocks, I can't imagine that anybody had more blocks than Russell or Wilt. Certainly Russell, because Wilt wasn't as much a defensive-minded center until later in his career when he played with uh, Jerry West and Gail Goodrich. He, you know, he focused on rebounding and block shots. But you know, as far as Bill Russell, that's what Bill did. And, and when you watch Russell, he wasn't a good scorer, didn't have a good shot, but he just had this innate ability to be able to block your shot, intimidate you. And just the quickness, the timing of it. And even going to San Francisco, he went to San Francisco. I think that was the only school that offered him a scholarship. And he became one of the greatest college basketball players of all time. And, and that's a player where he, he kept getting better and better as he got older. And then he became a player coach. I think he won two titles as a player coach. <laughs> How does that work? How much time do you put yourself in the game if you're a player coach? Like, I, I don't know. Because if you put yourself in, like, man, we're losing by 12. You're the reason you're losing by 12 because you're the coach. But then I want to put me in to fix it. Yeah. Well, that team was veteran laden. You know, that, that it, everybody. Sam Jones, one of the more underrated players in the history of the sport. Uh, Satch Sanders. Uh, Casey Jones. You had Havlicek. Heinsohn. You know, they, they had Hall of Famers on that roster. And, and they were Hall of Famers because they won titles. And then you had Red, who was, you know, a mastermind. Yeah, Paul. We should bring back the player coach in the NBA. There should, you should hire a guy who's Well, like, LeBron's done it a couple yeah, places. basically. <laughs> but imagine, like, going in the locker room and tearing apart the locker room. You're, you're also wearing a jersey and shorts. <laughs> you guys are terrible. No I, don't, I don't know how much coaching Bill Russell did. But he was officially the head coach. Yes. His last two years. Yeah, player coach. He averaged 12 points and 18 rebounds as player coach. Yeah. But he wasn't a scorer. You know, anything he got, he, you know, he didn't have a good shot at all. It was really bad when he got to the NBA. But he had this ability, you know, wonderful team player. And didn't care because Kuzi was the star. Kuzi was the best player in the world. You know, back then it was Kuzi. And then they got Bill Russell. So it was always, you know, Kuzi's team, even when Bill Russell was there. It took a while before it became Bill Russell's team. But the documentary is wonderful. Uh, and and I, I've talked about this. Bill is the only great player of all time I, that I didn't see. Now, I didn't see Bob Pettit uh, or George Mikan and Bill Russell. But everybody else, of all those great players back in the early 70s, 
those were the guys I got to see them in person at least one time to see them play in a game. Uh, but I didn't get to see Bill Russell. Yeah, Seaton. Sorry, this is completely changing topics. Oh. Um, but I was just watching this video uh, on Twitter that somebody put together, a dude named Rob Friedman. And they have Landon Knack, uh, you know, pitcher for the Dodgers. Yeah. He throws an entire half inning this year in the same time that last year Pedro Baez threw one pitch. Oh. <laughs> I'll look at it during the break. Now, it's an extreme example. Okay. But that is crazy. He threw an entire half inning in the time it took another pitcher last year, I think last year, to the time to take one pitch. Is, uh, is Dave Roberts with us? He is. Okay. Dave, can you hear me? I can. How you doing, Dan? I'm good. Good. Uh, it's, uh, l- let me give the full intro here. The uh, L.A. Dodgers manager, Dave Roberts, oh, he took off the hat looking good there. Yeah, you know what? The hair's trying to come through a little bit. Yeah. Have you had it long before? Uh, I, I have. Um, back in uh, high school, I was, all, I was known uh, by many as sort of El DeBarge. Uh, <laughs> so the long okay. hair, the fuzzy mustache, <laughs> and then the hair coming out of the back of the helmet. Uh, Joe Montana was my favorite player. So as a former quarterback, I wanted the hair. So it was just a bad, bad look. I always wanted Fred Bolitnikoff hair, the uh, the Raiders wide receiver, because he, he I don't think he had much on top, but it came out of the back of his helmet. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, that, that's right. That's why I sort of went Joe Montana. You know, it just kind of it looked cool. The curls coming out of the back <laughs> of the helmet. Have you met Montana? I have not. Um, I had a chance to meet Jerry Rice uh, and Steve Young last, I think it was last year up uh, in San Francisco, but I'd never, I'd never had a chance to meet uh, the great Joe Montana. Uh, help me understand how you get your team together to get them acclimated with the new rules and you know, pitching, hitting, shifts, all of the size of the bases. Uh, do, you, do you have a seminar, a, 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 you know, a PowerPoint with your team? I think what we've done is uh, we have a morning meeting uh, every day in spring training and uh, pretty much every day, every other day we have, uh, you know, Bob Guerin kind of talks about the rules and we get feedback, we get dialogue with our players. And I really like that, you know, as football players, they get in like that classroom setting. And so um, I, I think that so we have video, some PowerPoint, and just kind of really trying to belabor the rules, the points, and how we can adjust because it is an adjustment. You know, the pitch clock for hitters, uh, they seem a little sped up. Understanding how pitchers can use it to their advantage, the bases, the non-shifting, and all that stuff, the little intricacies of the rules that I think the more we talk about it and players talk about it, it only kind of – cements more and lands better. Well, it feels like the pitchers might have a little bit more of an advantage because they can control the at-bat far more than the hitter can. used to be the hitter could step out, adjust, all of that, pitchers waiting. Now it feels like the pitcher has a little bit more control. Do you agree? The pitcher does, and uh, the pitcher does have more control. It's going to be a tougher adjustment for the hitter. And uh, I think Max Scherzer, a couple days ago, guys were talking about how he had the baseball ready to go. And then once you get ready to go, and then whether out of the full wind up the stretch, uh, you can hold the ball. And so as a pitcher, that's an advantage. Uh, Hitters hate pitchers holding the baseball, messing up their timing. And pitchers like hitters like rhythm. And so most guys don't practice the holding of the baseball to then deliver a pitch. So those are things that if you can kind of tighten stuff like that up and get familiar with it, um, it could really be an advantageous to the pitcher. What, What can you take advantage of as a manager this year with these new rules? I, I think, honestly, I can take advantage of more time with my family, more time to uh, drink <laughs> wine because shorter games. Uh, but with respect to the game of baseball, I think it's just more of the low-hanging fruit is just educating our players because I think that um, the more you get familiar and talk about it, it becomes commonplace. So I don't think there's one thing that we can sort of game. Um, you just got to be really uh, – you know, you got to just prepare your players much. So I don't, I don't think there's anything, you know, that we can sort of game. It was a little over a year ago 
when we had you on. It was March 24th, and you uh, you made your prediction. Here is how it sounded with the uh, Dodger manager, Dave Roberts. The Dodgers will win the World Series if... We play a full season, and there is a postseason. Wait. We are winning the World Series in 2022. So but I know where you're going with that. No, what We're do you... We're winning the World Series this year. Put it on... Okay. Put it on record. Uh, and you know what? But And that's fair, but what you did do is you did cut up my caveat of having a... If our starting pitching stays healthy, so I... I understand what you just did there. So I can play. I, I, I'm I'm on the uh, the pitch clock right now. I I wanted to. <laughs> so uh, I, hey, it's, it's it's media. I get it, Dan. Um, I'm not going to say we're going to win the World Series in 2023. I still believe that. I really do, and um, I don't think there's a manager that has a really competitive team that doesn't feel that way. Our guys feel that way. Yeah, so but I didn't have gotta, a problem. I would hope that I you didn't would, either. Everybody else did. Oh, yeah, you, you guaranteed a World Series. And I mean, like, if I'm managing the Dodgers, yeah, we're going to win the World Series. And we should have that mindset starting now. And I don't have a problem. If you said, I don't think we're going to win the World Series, you know, that, that's news saying that, you, you, that we're going to win. Yes, I want that from my manager. Yeah, exactly. And that's the the people that know and that have, uh, you know, understand the sentiment behind that. So uh, <laughs> we had a heck of a year, uh, but we didn't finish. Did you get in trouble? Did you get yelled at for uh, that guarantee by anybody? No, I did not. Okay. Um, I'd like to think my days of getting, getting yelled at uh, <laughs> are over. So, no, I did not. Uh, the You'll win the World Series this year if... We uh, play good baseball throughout October. How about that? That's not as scalding of a hot take as as I would like, but you know, okay. Just trying to. <laughs> I'm sorry to disappoint. Why don't you think about me, Dave? Why don't you think about me on this show that we could get some publicity? Yeah, you know, you've done you've done very well for yourself, yeah, my friend. Uh... And so I did my part last spring. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it up to another major league manager. How about that? Do you yell at players? No, no, I don't. Um I, I think I've just learned, I, I guess, as a former player that, you know, a lot of times when a a manager, a head coach is yelling at a player, I think a little bit they get more satisfaction and um than trying to get the message to land with the player. And so I think for me, I've always tried to make it about the player. So we have some tough conversations, um, but I do it kind of behind the scenes. Um, I just never want to – I never wanted to be embarrassed, and and I don't think that anyone ever wants to be embarrassed. I'm always amazed when I watch a basketball coach who is preaching discipline, but then gets mad and gets animated and starts yelling. I'm thinking, I know with my kids – if I would yell at them or if I would talk to them in a certain voice, the certain voice got through to them. When you start to yell, it's like they tune you out. Uh, or, the, you know, or you'd give them a look. And it's like, no, that's, that's, not, that's not good. Let's talk about this. They're like, oh, boy, I'm in trouble. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, with, with, uh, obviously with basketball and, and football and baseball, the, the culture is different. And we, we're playing 162 games, and it's a different pace. Granted, this year the pace of play is going to be a lot quicker. But I still – I'm with you, Dan. It's like the, the yelling, you start to become uh, – on it starts to land on deaf ears. And so I think for me, a look and – how we go about things, that's something more, I'm more critical of. And, um, you know, you got to find a way to make players uh, want to play the right way and, and uh, put forth the right amount of effort. It's great to talk to you. And, uh, you know, we were at Giants Stadium in Scottsdale for the Super Bowl. And just letting you know, it, it was the convenience of it. We had a nice setup there, and they gave us the entire stadium. So I did feel like I was cheating on you a little bit. Uh but I will say that, you know, they had T-shirts already made up that had to do with hating the Dodgers. In well, training. I appreciate the honesty. Um, I'm still trying to get past that SC banner behind you. That So I'm just trying to, like, mm. I'm still trying to uh, come to grips with that. So I, I appreciate it. Wait, um, I, I, put, I, I put two kids through school. I deserve something from USC. 
And I didn't get any discount. You know, I it was like full boat. I had to pay for these two. Uh, that's fair. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna brag about my daughter who's at Stanford, and I got a son at Loyola Marymount. So uh, I'm almost out of the woods with one, and so. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm going to be uh, enjoying life once my daughter gets out of school. Yeah. What Stanford set you back? Uh, I, I'm going to say it's, I think my wife does all the billing. I think it's 70K. I, I think that's, that's, uh, I think that's the, the low number probably, right? You better win the World Series, Dave. <laughs> Don't try to circle back on that. <laughs> Guaranteed, sort of, they're going to win the World Series. Uh, great to talk to you. Thanks for uh, joining All right, Dan. Take care, man. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The superbly versatile all-electric EQB from Mercedes-Benz. It's impressively techy and surprisingly roomy with available seating for up to seven. The vehicle is all electric. The feeling is all Mercedes. Learn more at mbusa.com slash EQB. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.